Hey guys, welcome back to the show and of course, thanks for tuning in. Today, we've got a special co-host, Mark Bradley. You guys probably know him as the CEO of LMN. He's going to be taking over the show and interviewing our guest today. So without wasting any more time, let's dive right into the program. Hey everybody, Mark Bradley here, CEO of LMN Software. Today I have the Linemans, Adam and Sarah from the Green Executive. How are you guys? Hey. Doing just fine. How are you? Good, good. So uh, tell us a little bit about the Green Executive and, and the services you offer. Sure. Sarah, do you want to go ahead and go first? Well, sure. So the Green Executive is a husband and wife team that works almost too closely together sometimes. You know, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it gets a little old. Um, but we work uh, better than I thought together at the Green Executive. And we work with landscape companies to help them build a better business just like LMN does. So we we try to work with them on a lot of aspects of their company because when we work with them, it's flushing out of a lot of different things, primarily with profit first. So making sure those entrepreneurs are getting rewarded for the stress and risk that they're putting on the line and all those hours that they're putting in besides being an employee in their business, but also that they're getting rewarded for that. And of course, we love working with LMN ourselves too. Oh, great. So um, I've seen you here walking around, connecting with people at the show. I know that you're representing Turf Sup Radio. Can you kind of share a little bit about Turf Sup and, and, and what you do with with uh, Turf Sup Radio? So uh, Turf Sup Radio has now been 24-7 live uh, a little over two years uh, in, in age right now. Um, and Turf Sup Radio really is the green industry's only 24-7 radio station that's dedicated to lawn and landscaping uh, industry. And uh, there's a, currently right now approximately 17 different um, show hosts that host different topics Anywhere from how to be more profitable in your business to enhancing company culture to um, all different types of aspect of operating and owning a landscaping business. And um, our goal is, is to get out there and help educate and elevate the industry by contractors listening to this 24-7 radio station. What I think is so cool about it is that all those contributors, the people hosting the shows, they're all actively involved in the industry too. So they all have a business that they're running or they're working in the industry. They all are boots on the ground still. So they're, they're very relevant. Absolutely. That sounds great. I've, I've tuned in a few times and it's a fantastic resource, great hosts. Uh, I love listening. Um, so can you just, you know, kind of share any big trends that you're seeing in the industry? Anything that's, you know, exciting, anything to be super optimistic about? new products, ideas, anything happening in, in your own landscape company or in the companies that you help? I, I think to me, the most exciting thing now is people are being forced, good or bad, they're being forced to be flexible and reevaluate. And it's probably something they should have been doing anyway, right? But with the, the COVID, the employment issues, you know, everything that's been coming along, it's forcing them to look at things. And I like to I like to describe it as putting everything that they're doing in a box and just shaking it up and then dumping it out. And you might pick it up a different way than you had it in the first place. And that's probably a good thing to do. Just mix it all up and start over. The way you've been doing it doesn't have to be the way 
to keep doing it. And I think the companies that are going to be responsive and able to do that, those are going to be the ones that come out really ahead of this. Mark, when you said uh, when you said trends, you know, uh, one thing that we noticed, uh, particularly over the last three or four years, is much more electric, right? Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot more electric um, uh, and battery-powered mowers, trimmers, blowers. Uh, now certain states are banning um, small engines in them very soon, so we're seeing that as well. And I think that's going to be a new trend for landscape contractors to make that move and that trend towards that. Uh, to keep their businesses running as well. So that's what we're seeing seeing here at the GIE a lot of. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. And I think there's a lot of excitement around it. Still a lot, lot to learn, but uh, yeah, pretty exciting to see how quickly things have started to move in, in that area over the past few years, for sure. And so your thoughts on GIE, what, any, what do you think? Big traffic this year, incredibly busy. Obviously, people are excited to get back to the show. What, what are your quick thoughts on the show as you see it? I think it's been really, really good and great. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, to get back to the show, right? To, to be able to, to meet in person again, uh, fist bump, shake hands, whatever <laughs> it may be. Um, but just to be able to see people in person has been huge. Um, you know, we love seeing uh, current clients, new clients, networking. Um, and uh, what we get out of it, you know, is, is and th- what we like to stress too is to get out and don't Talk just come here yeah. for equipment. Yeah, that's fine, but come here to network, come here to shake hands, come here to look at new software, come here to look at new products to make your business more efficient and effective. There's so much here. It's easy to get sensory overload because there is so much at the show. But you, so you can stand in the corner and not talk to anybody and you may not get a whole lot out of it. But if you can put yourself out there, talk to the guy you're waiting next to in line and say hello, go out to dinner with people you never even met before. And that's the juice. That's the juice of the show right there. That's my favorite part. And, and what, do you, what are your thoughts about next year? I mean, you know, I think it's been a little bit shocking for the industry to hear that this show is going to kind of get split into two, more or less. Uh, what, what are your thoughts there? I think it'll be different for sure. But I don't know how different it will really be. Um, it seems to me like some people tend to be on an every other year basis anyway. Um, so next year we might not see a, a big change from years past. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, but I don't, I don't really think it'll be all that different as far as walking the show floor goes. Couldn't agree more. Well, certainly a trip to Orlando might be good for, for some for a change. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. The warm weather would be nice. Yeah. Turn it into a family vacation. Landscape business is a family business in many ways, so I think uh, maybe the whole family deserves a reward and a trip to, to Florida next year. Um, so, yeah, just this this past year, how have you guys adapted? You know, it's been a couple of rough years. There's been a ton of demand, which is good. I think you know when COVID first hit, there was lots of fear that things would slow down, but I think that absolutely uh, the opposite happened. Obviously, we've been busy, busy, but. I mean, with it came a lot of really complicated business issues that I think everybody has had to overcome. What are what are your thoughts there? What were some of the big challenges you faced and how did you overcome those? I, I think um, the labor shortage has, has not only um, been a little bit uh, frustrating and not allowed us to get done so much work as far as sales volume that we want to get done, but it has allowed us to look at our 
uh, overhead and realize that, you know what, maybe we can still produce and be quite efficient without so much overhead and so many people. One example was um, back a little over a year ago, we lost an operations manager at our company. And I hate to say it, but we really don't miss him very much right now, Mark. <laughs> and we kind of divvied up the responsibilities to other people within the company and realized, you know what, maybe for our size company, it wasn't necessarily a full-time uh, position that we needed in the first place. And now we're enjoying the, the savings of that labor burden being gone and still getting as much work done and realizing that uh, it's kind of been a good thing uh, in scenarios like that as well. It has definitely worked out. I think the, the the big challenges of the supply chain issues and the price fluctuation so much has really made us value even more so our early order programs that we participate in, you know, trying to lock in those prices. That's been really emphasized and helped us insulate this first year of pricing. So that definitely was something that we were shine, shone a light on and made us even more grateful that we participated in programs like that. And, and one more thing I wanted to add to, you know, dealing with pricing is you have to update your price list, right? <laughs> because things such as we bear your fabric, your grass seed are, are doubling in price. So if you're not keeping that updated inside uh, your software, you could be potentially losing out on a lot of money if you're not doing that on a regular basis. Yeah, I would say there's never been a better time to raise price than right now. Inflation's, you know, hasn't been this high since back in the 70s. We've got a huge labor shortage. Lots of demand for landscaping. Certainly, uh, probably no better time in history to, to, to test the market and try raising those prices. And, you know, hopefully uh, some of that ends up in the pockets of the employees in the industry, because I think uh, if we want to build a more sustainable workforce, we have to pay for that. And uh, I think it's a great time to test pricing out on customers and see if we can afford to pay our staff more by charging more. Um, so... You know, I guess as an industry, what would you say we could do to kind of future-proof ourselves against, uh, you know, the evolution of, of technology and this labor shortage that we're facing? You know, anything that you could think of, anything you're doing in your business to kind of prepare or to overcome that labor shortage? To get ahead of the curve? Yeah. I guess that's the million-dollar question, right? How do we keep ahead of that curve? How do we stay ahead of it? In labor retention, I think, is a, is a big thing. You know, if we can afford to pay more to our employees, just like our customers, it's easier to keep a good employee than to find a new one. And, of course, that's our goal to do. So working on what can we offer, what what limits do we have in, in making offerings to the people who work at Linderman Long Care and Landscaping, and what does that look like? What can we sustain? And then, you know, kind of with that alongside, um, you know, making sure you're making smart decisions on your purchases for your equipment, right? Because we all know things such as these mini skid steers or excavators and so on, you know, they can replace, you know, one, two, three people if you're doing excavation projects and so on. So um, investing in that, but making sure you're, you're making that investment truly if you need it and that you're actually going to be able to uh, utilize that equipment uh, for many of ours on, on projects. We're we're big on profit first and making sure as owners we're getting that profit that we need first and that we're working the business within the um, expenses that are allowed at the business, not just going out and spending money to spend money because it's there. Uh, but part of that is also making a security net. You know, if, if we have to go a little while without um, 
income where we expected it to be. If we have to make a payout for something that we didn't anticipate necessarily, that we have that insulation there too to, with the ability to do that. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about profit first. You guys use that term a lot, and I'd love to hear more. Well, actually, we were thrilled just uh, back three weeks or so to get uh, Profit First uh, an award, Rookie of the Year. So Sarah and I are both advanced certified Profit First professionals. Um, Profit First is making profit a habit in your business, not just an event anymore. And uh, in a nutshell, it is um, allowing you to allocate funds into certain bank accounts and then basically live within your means of those bank accounts. So, so it's, it's a, bit- a cash flow management system, you know, architect specific to each company. So there's a structure, a basic structure, and then we customize it to each company, including our own. So we practice profit first at our own businesses where you, um, you have all your ins. So all your income and revenue is going to one account and then you're taking your profit first. And then you've got your other accounts such as tax, owner's pay, operating expenses that everything's divvied out to, and then custom accounts for like seasonal accounts since a lot of landscapers, they need some extra cash to make it through the winter sometimes. So making sure that those expenses we want to plan for, and maybe it's equipment, maybe it's the winter, all those things that the cash is there when you need it. Mark, in traditional accounting, and many landscapers or any business for that fact, they look at it as their sales minus their expenses equals their profit. And typically what comes last um, doesn't get very much attention and people, um, they just don't, you know. It, it's, it's the scraps. It's the scraps. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's the scraps. And so we like to make it first because what comes first is more of a priority and you um, get rewarded with that. So that's what profit yeah. first is. So what what profit margin do you recommend um, to, to your clients at the Green Executive? Um, so we actually have a chart um, and uh, we would be able to share that at some point in time, but um, that fluctuates and that really kind of depends on company size and overhead um, cycles. Um, but really anywhere from typically 10 to 20%, depending on the sales revenue of the company. And also we're taking into consideration owner's pay as well. That's one big thing is, yeah, profit first, but owner pay it's is, separate. is, is, is totally separate, separate, but it's, but it's second. <laughs> then making sure you're putting money in a way to pay Uncle Sam so you don't go to jail is third, which is paying your taxes, <laughs> and then your operating expenses is last. So um, there's different percentages based off of different company sizes, particularly because of their overhead cycles. But in general, we're looking at anywhere from 10 to 20% of true profit. And when we say that, we actually mean cash in the bank. We don't mean um, when the accountant says, oh, you had a profitable year, and then you look at your bank and you're like, well, where's all the money? We're looking at this on a cash basis, not an accrual basis. So I see this a lot. And, and as you can imagine, lots of customers that I that I work with every day at LMN, often they are profitable, 10, 15, even 20% profit, but they're starving on cash flow. Um, often, you know, I see companies growing and they're trying to leap from, you know, one level to the next or adding um, crews or adding, you know, more and more equipment. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. How would you suggest that people kind of expand and add crews? Are you comfortable with financing um, new equipment, trucks and, and that kind of thing? Or are you a company that tries to kind of operate out of cash flow? How does that impact the profit first mindset? 
So, you know, with that profit first mindset, we really, uh, you can even, when, when you hire the green executive to implement profit first for landscapers, you can um, go to an advanced version that we can help you with and basically really start a separate equipment account uh, if you want to. So then you would have an additional account to start funding for that. And the goal really would be to try to pay for that equipment with cash in the bank um, is, is what we would like to see done. But really what we do is we ask our, our clients and anybody that's going to make a purchase is to ask themselves these three questions. And the three questions is, is this purchase that I'm about to make good for my company? Number two, is this purchase what I'm about to make good for the client? And the last question is, can this purchase wait? And if you can kind of pass that sniff test is what we like to say, right? <laughs> maybe <laughs> then, you say that. Maybe I say that. <laughs> then that might give you an answer and a hint on, hey, is this is this a good uh, investment for my company? But ideally, you're preparing for that equipment purchase in advance and shuttling some cash off so that when the time comes to make that purchase, you're prepared, whether it's in full or a down payment and something to finance. So uh, when deciding to buy new equipment for your company, you know, if you're looking at like, is it usually a job that kind of makes that decision? Like you find a new project, kind of thinking of new equipment, bigger equipment, better equipment. You know, how do you decide to when it's right uh, for you? So I, I think the biggest thing is, 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 you know, when you're when you're bidding these projects and you're actually doing the jobs, really what you want to do is look at if you're renting equipment, how often are you renting it? And if you are, what is that costing you to rent? It, let's just say it's something like such as a skid steer. You know, if you're renting a skid steer four or five times a month and you're you're renting it for two, three, four hundred dollars a time, well, you can make a payment on that twice in a month for what that's costing you. So I well, definitely plus say the time to go pick it up. Well, month. exactly, yeah. But um, if you have that piece of equipment and it just financially makes sense to make that purchase, and you know that you have all these jobs booked out, definitely consider making that purchase or lease. Um, if you're continue to, to continue to grow. Um, but the last thing I wanted to mention is, you know, look at pieces of equipment that's versatile. So um, these mini skid steers and regular skid steers, I mean, they have literally hundreds of different attachments and different things you can do with them. And so you're looking at those pieces of equipment really as such as, um, you know, little mini workhorses that can do different different projects. So look at something that's a little bit more versatile that you can use in all aspects of your project. Because you want to max that investment out, right? You yeah. want to, you don't want to get it and then have it sit. You don't want to look at the minimum. The minimum would be the, the bar of okay, I can afford to invest in this piece of equipment if I can meet that minimum. But ideally, you're maxing it out, putting that to work, and recovering a lot more hours to save you labor hours and, and money, and push that money to the profit line. Absolutely, yeah, that's good advice. And so, uh, your thoughts on labor-saving tools and using equipment? to kind of reduce uh, turnover in your company as far as, you know, keeping your staff a little bit longer or maybe making the work a little bit more fun. Any tips or tricks or any products that you've added into the mix that have had an impact on company culture and, and uh, your staff? Kind of back to the, to the mini skid steers, you know, we run the, the Dingoes, we run the Vermeers. So those are huge labor savers. Our guys, uh, you know, when we got a, uh, a second machine and a third machine for each crew to where, to where every crew had one and they didn't have to share it. Talk about smile on their faces <laughs> and talk about how much quicker we got jobs done because they each had one and they weren't fighting over it. And it so, made scheduling easier too. Yes. You don't have to worry about which crew gets it that day. 
um, as long as they're all using it, that's the important thing, right? Yeah, it kind of makes you cringe when you're when your crews are sharing equipment and you show up on the job and the crew that's waiting for the other crew to finish up, you can kind of see that they're waiting. And when you ask them how things are going and what they're working on, they're usually like keeping busy until that machine shows up. And that's, you know, when you start hearing we're keeping busy, you know, they're wasting time. I think it's, it's definitely a, a wise move to have a unique set of equipment for each crew, set them up with what they need and kind of take that sharing out of the equation. That's uh, great advice, but I think one more thing, Mark, is too, is contractors, I think, underutilize the, um, the availability to take deliveries from their suppliers. I mean, realistically, when some of these supply yards are only charging $40, $50, $60 for a delivery, that is so much cheaper oftentimes than actually um, having the contractor go run and get the products themselves. So really look at that and what that all entails with time uh, that they're potentially losing when they go and get the products themselves versus actually having it delivered from, from the uh, supplier. Another great piece of advice there. I mean, all the time I hear contractors asking when it makes sense to go and buy their own large delivery truck. And, you know, I think I often kind of caution people there and, and, and ask them if they can add up all the delivery fees from the previous year to kind of assess what they what they spent. And many times they can't. Um, but I think, you know, for most companies, when you look at the cost of a, of a large heavy truck and the full-time driver and the fuel and insurance, repairs and maintenance, it makes way more sense to pay those small delivery fees. Our suppliers are subsidizing those delivery fees with their with their margins on the products they sell. So I think it's far cheaper to, to take deliveries. And, you know, the big question is always timing. You know, can we get our deliveries on time? And I think that always goes back to having good relationships with your suppliers. If you pay your suppliers fast and you treat them well, usually you can be on the top of the list when it comes to the daily deliveries for sure. But uh, before we sort of part ways, any any uh, parting words or ideas you'd like to share here on the show today? Keep at it. Just keep at it. I mean, it's easy to get discouraged, especially the seasonality helps sometimes. But in your, if you're in that mid-season or if you're reflecting on the year and it didn't necessarily go the way you had planned it to go, it's really easy to get discouraged, but just keep at it. And there's so many resources out there. I mean, just walking around the floor, talking to people, all the different companies that have resources available to us as you know, not only the green executive, but through Lindemann Lawn Care Landscaping, the resources are out there. They don't necessarily even cost you anything. So keep at it, dig in, find those resources, find your, find your people. How, how can people find you? They can uh, reach us out uh, on our website at thegreenexecutive.com or profitfirstpros.com, and that will take them right to us, and we're happy to connect and, uh, and start a conversation. Yeah, for sure. All right. There you have it, everybody. Sarah and Adam Lineman from The Green Executive. Thank you again for being on the show, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank, Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in today. And make sure you come back next week. We've got more expert landscape business advice coming down the pipeline. Once again, a huge shout out to LMN Software for sponsoring this podcast and making this all happen. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. 
And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit golmn.com backslash disruptors. You guys can start taking advantage of the software that I've been using to help me create a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com backslash disruptors. Thanks again, everyone, and see you next week.